Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to answer a couple questions about the aged site case study. And they will be about like flipping the site versus keeping it and deciding like which site to purchase, especially when you have a limited budget, which is basically everyone. Everyone has a limited budget. No one has an unlimited budget. So if you're new to the show, welcome. I really appreciate you checking it out. If you're new to the case study as well, and you don't know what I'm talking about when I say aged site case study, let me quickly explain here. Basically, the premise of this case study is to buy a pre-made site, happens to be an aged site, and outsource as much of the work as possible so that we can get a positive ROI as soon as possible as well. So again, if you're brand new, you should probably listen to some of the other episodes as well. Um, I talk about this case study quite a bit. And in fact, I sort of have a like raw notes page over on my blog, Niche Site Project. So if you go to nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS for age site case study, you can see some of the notes and I'm basically like consolidating information. There's no narrative around it. It's just like my raw notes page. <laughs> so um, at some point, I'm very much looking forward to actually like documenting the process and putting that narrative around it. But it's been interesting to work on the case study sort of in real time, talk about it here on the podcast, talk about it on YouTube and just execute. And I'm not worrying about like documenting it yet because I'm still in the middle of it. I don't know how it's going to turn out. What I can tell you is... um Basically, things are looking good. I'm recording this at the tail end of August, and it sure looks like we're going to hit $100 already in one single month, the month of August. And that's great because the site is under, or it's been in my possession for less than, I think, like 70 days or so, right around 70 days. Anyway, it's looking good. Now, One of the questions we got in is a voicemail, which is really cool. I kind of, uh, I kind of whine, I guess, to get these voicemails. It's nice to get someone else to, uh, you know, lend a hand. I do interviews, of course, but I do probably half of these episodes are solo. Just having some interaction with the audience is really cool. You can leave a voicemail yourself. There's a high likelihood if you send one in, I will play it on the air. I'll give you a shout out. In fact, um, this is 100%. You know, actually, I realized that when people are listening to podcasts, much like myself, you're not doing something else. You really don't have like the opportunity really to like leave a voicemail in a convenient way. And I've literally thought, hey, I'm going to leave a voicemail for, you know, a specific podcast or whatever. And um, I never do even though I'm like a huge fan and I really want to leave a, you know, a voicemail, I've never done it. So anyway, if you do have a chance, it's really cool. If, if an email is more convenient, feedback at Doug.show, that is the best way to get your question on the air. So I'm not going to do too much rambling on today, at least not at this point. Let's Let's go over to the voicemail first. 
Hi, Doug. My name is Pierre. I'm from, I'm from Valleyfield, Canada. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, English is not my first language, so I'll, I'll do my best here. Uh, I had a question about the, uh, the H side case study. Uh, I was, I'm about to, uh, to buy, uh, a site from uh, Human Proof Design, and I was just, uh, debating buying, uh, a premium site or an H site. Uh, my question was more about, like, uh, the difference of the purchase price I could apply to uh, more content on a premium site. I will have less money to uh, to outsource the outsource the the content with an age site in the beginning. So uh, yeah, I was looking to uh, to have your thoughts on that. And uh, my, the budget the budget uh, would be like 150 a month, something like that, if I buy an age site. All right, dog. Thank you. Thanks for sending in the question, of course. And I think your name was maybe Darren or Garrett. I'm not 100% sure. I couldn't hear exactly in the the um, voicemail transcription. Wasn't sure either. I know you're from Canada, and I do appreciate you sending it in. So let's get down to the answer. Basically, I think the most important thing that you need to look at is how quickly you want to start earning money. So most likely if you get one of the age sites or human proof designs now offers like revenue generating sites. So these sites are already getting traffic. They're, they're proven because people are already purchasing from the site via the affiliate link. So if you, you know, really want to see that revenue coming in more quickly, that is what I would do. In my case, they didn't have as many offerings. Um, Like when I purchased the site in June, the age site was sort of like the premium level. Now it looks like it's sort of in the middle um, and you can get, you can get like a, an authority type site, which, you know, the, the definition could vary depending on where you're coming from in your context, but there's such a thing, a product that they sell and it's an authority site. And there's another one that is like the revenue generating. And then, like I said, I think whatever I bought was sort of middle of the road. Um, And it's just an age site. It's aged over six months. And depending on which site you get, it may be ranking for, you know, a couple dozen or several dozen keywords. um, And it may have a certain amount of content. I'm not sure. I don't know all the offerings over there. Um, I am an affiliate, so I'll just mention I'm an affiliate for any of the products I'm going to mention today. So I get a commission if you buy through my link, which I appreciate it. If you do, I will most likely buy a beer or a couple beers um, for myself. So, you know, it's going to a good a good cause, a good place. So anyway, you have to look at if, you, if you're like, I, I want to make sure I'm pulling in revenue as soon as possible so that you get that quick win, or these are at least two possibilities. I think there's probably many others. So the other possibility is, okay, you have a fixed budget and you'd rather, I guess, invest in the content and you'd rather not have the revenue coming in as quickly. You'd rather maybe have to deal with the sandbox a little bit more, but it would in the long run probably be a higher leveraged um, 
like expenditure. So let's just say, for example, I, I should have wrote out some uh, numbers here so it'll make sense, but I'm just going to make it up on the fly and try and do easy math in my head. Um, or I'll just avoid numbers altogether. How about that? That's easier. I'm just going to avoid actual numbers, I think. So if you invest um, more money in one of the revenue generating sites, let's take it to the extreme level. So there's really some contrast here. So let's say you have a revenue generating site and you're paying some amount for it, a lot more than a one of the starter sites that basically has a small amount of content. It is probably not ranking for any keywords and potentially its age is only a few weeks or a couple months or something. I don't know how old they are, but basically you have a pretty strong contrast there, like brand new site, not ranking for anything. And then an age site that is bringing in traffic and in fact, that is making sales as well. So let's sort of like do a thought exercise and see how it plays out over time. So with that unaged like starter site, you are probably paying something like one tenth or maybe, you know, 20% of one of the more expensive sites. So five to 10 X is the differential there. Again, I'm just making this up for the sake of the example. The pricing will be different. So refer to um, human proof designs over there for the exact pricing. But the point is you would spend a small amount up front and then you're not going to be getting much traffic, maybe no traffic. And you may not be certain if if it's going to make any sales, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. And I can appreciate the fact that if you haven't built a site before, if you're new to affiliate marketing and you're not sure if it's going to work, you may be hesitant just because you haven't seen the business model in place for yourself. So that said, if you you spend a smaller amount, then you hire a different company, for example, to do some of your content or hire a company. It could be Human Proof Designs. It could be Content Development Pros. It could be Content Refined. You could hire individuals from Upwork or whatever you want to do. Basically, you potentially could get a more content if you buy it like in the aftermarket, basically, because it's not all tied up in a pretty package with a nice bow on top. When you're when you're paying for these services up front and everything is sort of um, well, it's like buying a house or something like that. Like if you serve as the general contractor, like you have to deal with a lot of BS and you have to do all this admin, keep people in schedule, and it's a lot of work. I've never done this, by the way, but if someone is the general contractor, you can save a lot of money and you can get a lot more value, but it does take a lot more work on your side. If if you're willing to do that and you happen to, maybe you like doing that. I don't know why, but maybe you you like doing that sort of project management and you have more time than money and you'd rather stretch your dollar a little bit, I would maybe consider getting you know, a cheaper site or maybe a site, maybe an age site, but maybe one that isn't ranking for as many keywords, for example. There's a, quite a range of products that you can get. So looking at the other extreme, if you get a site that is ranking, it is getting traffic, it's 
actually making sales, you're going to be paying a pretty high premium for that. However, you may really need that, right? Like from a sort of psychological standpoint to have those purchases, um, to, to have the site like generating revenue on day one, day zero is already generating revenue. Like, you know, Google likes the site at least a little bit. You can get Google to like it more and you could publish more content, right? So, and obviously the big, the big issue is the budget, right? So if you, if you're stretched thin to purchase one of these more expensive sites, then you may have to wait a little while before you can invest more into content. And again, like either you have time or you have money, um, or if you have both, then you could really get a lot done. So I think at the end of the day, you have to look at your specific like budget, what's most important to you specifically, which, you know, I, I can't say for you for the purposes of this case study, I thought it would be way more interesting and people would care about what I was doing a little bit more if we could shorten the sandbox, prove or disprove that the sandbox is like valid. Is it, is it worthwhile? Is it worth the money to spend extra on one of these age sites from where I sit right now under 80 days in, I don't, I got to look back and see how many days it is under 80 days. It sure looks like it's fucking working great. And I mean, I put a lot of work into it. Um, I recently recorded a YouTube video where I talk about the budget and how much I've spent. I'll do one of these episodes um, for the podcast as well. But I mean, I've put a lot of money in. I'm not anywhere close to like breaking even, but I see a path to it and I, I think it's going to work. But it like from my perspective, I had to look at it not only from like what's important to me, like making money at day one or being able to get more leverage for the the content that I'm, I guess, paying for or writing myself or whatever. Um, and for me, it seems most interesting, again, to make this a more remarkable case study where people would actually like remark on it and tell other folks about it. It's like, hey, how, how quick can we get some revenue in and can we like challenge assumptions? In fact, those assumptions that I was trying to challenge are my own because I thought that these like age sites, maybe they really didn't work much. Also done for you sites for probably a couple years, like two to three years, I was generally against them. If someone asked me if they should buy an age or not an age site, but a done for you site for years, I was like, nah, I think you should probably like pass on that unless you fit into, you know, a pretty narrow category of people. So anyway, hopefully that's helpful. Um, as normal, I can't answer like exactly. I can't give you the answer. Um, if it were me, all right, fine. Gun to the head. If it were me and you told me I had a limited budget, most likely I would go for one of the either cheaper age sites or something that um, is more middle of the road. I think there's, I think there's value in, you know, taking that shortcut, you know, there's not many shortcuts you could take, but this looks like a pretty good way to cut out six months of sandbox time. So, 
you know, you also can look at like how long, not just your budget, but like how long have you been like interested in doing this? I recently talked to, actually this conversation happens all the time, but there's a person that I hadn't talked to in a while and I caught up with him and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been researching affiliate marketing for, you know, like three, four years. And I kind of know how it works. I've built websites for people and I understand like the mechanics. I just, I haven't done it before. And like, I think it can work, but I'm not really sure. This person has a relatively like high budget. So I believe that, you know, he would be a great candidate to potentially buy a site just to like get the business model working and have confidence in the process and confidence like in the business model in general. So and the big thing is like he's been waiting, installing and hasn't executed yet. So that's one thing like it sort of like shortcuts it and like you have money on the table, you have some skin in the game and you're probably going to follow through on it, especially if it starts working within days or whatever just like my age site. Um, the other side of it is if you're just, um, like if you just discovered affiliate marketing, you're just learning about it, it may be good to pump the brakes and maybe do a little more research. And it may turn out that for whatever reason, you don't like the business model. I don't know why I really like this business model, but everyone's different. Um, people may want like a, just a, a different um, way to spend their time. So I, I can respect that, of course. Anyway, so you may have to look at like how long you've been thinking of doing it. And if you've been stalling and not taking action, spending some money, sometimes, not always, is a great way to kick your ass into gear. So again, thanks a lot for the question. And we're going to shift. This other question was sent in via email, feedback at Doug.show, and it's from my devoted follower. It says, Rudy, all right? I'm going to try and read this out. I'm going to do my best to read it out. And it's very complimentary, so I'm going to read the whole damn thing, all right? Hi, Doug. I'm eagerly following your ASCS journey. You're giving me, and I am many and I am sure many others, a viable alternative to the long and tedious task of building a successful website on our own. After years of study, I, like you, know what it takes to have a successful site. Unfortunately, I don't have the right mindset nor the skill set to personally do all the hard work required. Achieving success through investment of money versus time and effort makes more sense to me. That's a great line there, by the way. I'll read it again. Achieving success through investment of money versus time and effort makes more sense to me. The fact that I'm 70 years old is also a major factor. I'm anxiously awaiting each new episode as you continue on this project. That's great. That's great. Love to hear that. I haven't looked at the compensation for being an affiliate, but I guess if you get enough followers to take advantage of all the resources you're using, your affiliate commissions will will more than pay for the investment you make on the site. That's very, uh, very uh, good observation there, Rudy. However, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that it, it's going to uh, pay for what I've spent already, especially in the near term. But it sure is interesting to think about. 
Okay, back to what Rudy is saying here. This, of course, is above and beyond what the site will earn during its lifetime and future value if you decide to flip it. If I'm correct, your ASCS project cannot fail, in parentheses, uh, unless you choose a poor niche. Of course, that's true. Um, With your knowledge and experience, that is very unlikely. Yep, so I'll continue to pause and just add my own commentary in here. Otherwise, I'll just forget. But yeah, I mean, that was a whole that was a whole deal, Rudy, and, and you got it. Um, I recorded an episode a couple times or a couple uh, episodes back, which you may have not heard but at the time that you sent this in. But basically, yeah, this is a whole meta situation here. So I'm doing this case study. I, you know, contacted a few vendors. I was like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm going to be working with a variety of people. Um, I don't want any deals. I'm going to pay for it, but I just want to let you know I'm doing this. And everyone's obviously people want me to talk about their stuff, right? I want other people to talk about my things too. So uh, most people are like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Let me know if you need anything. And the cool thing is I probably can get These, um, the people that work at the companies, the marketing directors, the content folks at various different places, Human Proof Designs, the Hoth, Loganics, et cetera. I can have them on the show talk about, you know, the work they do and they will promote what's going on. I mean, it's, I think it's a pretty smart move on my part. It took me many years to figure this out. And then at the end of the day, extremely meta, I've only thought of this, I can do a case study and discussion of running a case study (laughs) to earn affiliate income by doing interesting things. I mean, it's like so recursive, it's making my head spin here. All right, in quick note, Instead of, uh, you know, pumping myself up here and patting myself on the back, here is uh, one one thing I can comment on from Rudy. So he says, uh, unless you choose a poor niche, the cool thing is, like Human Proof Designs, they've done enough um, research, they've built enough sites where, like, generally... I would say I haven't looked at all their sites, of course, but I would say the the vast, vast majority are going to be just fine to earn money. You know, I would be pretty surprised if there's any like duds in there. I would just be surprised. Human Proof Designs wants to sell like multiple things to the same customers, and if you have a bad experience, that's not good for them. So I'm pretty certain they're not putting out you know, sites that are targeting a poor niche. So also I've done a few of these things in the past. So yeah, I I picked a good one, I believe, or at least one I knew that could be successful. All right. So Rudy has two questions. All right. So we'll get to the questions now. First, what procedures did you go through to select the niche for the site um, and the decision process I used to select and purchase the site. So I did record an episode on this topic and I went pretty deep into it. Um, so there's a whole episode on this, which should be coming out soon or it's already out. I, I may play with the schedule to be honest with you, but there are a couple main things. So number one, I didn't, like do any procedures to select the niche. Um, 
I talked to Brian and Brad over um, at Human Proof and just kind of explained what I was planning on doing. And, um, you know, they were like, Hey, do you have any preferences? I was like, ah, you know what? No, I really don't care at all. This is just an exercise to see how quickly we can, you know, break even, um, start making sales and all that kind of stuff. So I, I literally didn't care about the niche. I did. I went through zero procedures, zero thought process other than, Hey, are there enough products out there, um, for this to work? And the, the other thing is, I guess I internalized this part, but I'll mention it. I know there are some niches out there that just aren't going to work as well, or they could be in an area that seems to be having issues, um, or at least there's a lot of churn and change with Google and organic search. So that would be anything health-related, Anything related to like money or investments, as they say, there's this set of topics, your money or your life. And basically, it's like anything related to money, anything related to health um, or medical or anything like that. So from what I saw, I didn't I didn't notice any anything in that area. So it wasn't in my decision making process. But I know that if I saw something like that. There are a few that I would just avoid. So that's the answer to part one of the first question. Um, part two is around the decision process to select the site. Basically, I just looked at the number of keywords that it was ranking for, and that's about it. Um, there's a few other aspects, but that's the main thing. Again, my my goal was to buy the site and start making money pulling in that revenue as soon as possible. So that was pretty much it. If you have other preferences, that is fine. It can help you make a decision a little bit more, um, I guess, tailor-made to you, Rudy. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at like what's important to you. Maybe you want to pick something that is, you know, that you're interested in, right? Like that would probably be better if you pick something you're interested in. Um, but for me, it was a, you know, purely a business decision and I literally didn't care. But if if it's your first site, if it's your only site, if you're just dipping your toes into this stuff, then you probably want to pick something that you know something about, maybe that you could do some of the writing for or whatever. I like to keep things super simple and I was just like, okay, <laughs> What's the fewest number of things I could look at? Because there's a lot of data that you could look at. You can go analyze um, the backlinks going to the site. If there are any backlinks, you could look at the content and read it all. I've had the site for whatever I said, 70 plus days. I haven't read. I read like the intro for like one or two posts. I literally haven't read any of the site. And I ordered a bunch of articles, like 50 of them. I think like 1200 words a piece, something like that. I haven't read any of those either. So, I mean, you really can do this hands off. And I, I went on vacation for most of, you know, the time that work was being done. I wasn't, um, I was incommunicado, as they say. I was unreachable. In fact, like, they didn't have a way, the content folks that were doing work, they didn't even have a way to reach me, all right? Okay, second question here 
is, why don't you see flipping as the best course of action for financial independence? I understand you prefer the monthly income, but why wait two to three years to receive your ROI? Okay, so I will read the logic here. Rudy says this, I'm not a financial expert, but here's my logic. You stated you could sell the site for 25 to 30 times the monthly earnings, probably the profit, most likely. Let's use 30 for the example. When or if the site earns $1,000 a month, you could sell it for 30K. With the 30K, you could purchase and build two more sites. When they earn 1,000, sell them both and get 60,000. Buy four more sites and rinse and repeat until you're financially free. I may be looking through this uh, through rose-colored glasses, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Your devoted follower, Rudy. Cool, Rudy. Uh, I love all the compliments. <laughs> yeah, if people send emails like this, I'll read the whole thing, you know. Uh, smart question here. So a couple things, and I, you know, I'm trying to stretch this out. So I'll, I'll review each little aspect of this question. So why don't I see flipping as the best course of action for financial independence? So number one, I talk a lot. So I do these videos and I do these podcasts and who, honestly, who knows what I say, <laughs> all right? I have no idea. Sometimes um, I have too much caffeine. And I maybe said that flipping is not the best course of action. I don't think I said anything about what is best for like a certain thing. So like normal, you have to look at your own situation there, Rudy. Yeah, flipping could be the best course of action, but I don't think that I made a claim one way or the other. So I do prefer the monthly income and, you know, generally... I am, (laughs) I'm interested in the monthly revenue, but that's just me right now. I have looked at like trying to just like sell, like what would happen if I sold everything and just lit it on fire and burned down, you know, the website. And I'm like, you know, at that point, like I'm not answering to anyone, you know, I answer to very few folks now anyway, but like at that point it's like, all any any content that I would publish would be 100% pure because it would just be like I'm not pandering to anything. So it basically like I'm not sure it could be um, very interesting to to do that, but at the same time it's like well I do sort of enjoy working on the sites. Now what I I'm not sure and Rudy your example here is just fine. You know get the site to some amount of revenue, sell it buy a whole bunch more, um, sell it, sell them, buy, buy more sites and just keep doing it. So yeah, potentially that could work. What I know for a fact that I don't want to do is have like all these plates spinning and having to like mess around with, you know, six different sites. Each one of those has a certain amount of overhead just to do the admin BS, right? So that is one aspect of it. The other part, probably worse, because admin stuff, I potentially could hire some folks to do the management, right? I can hire people to do the stuff that I don't want to do. 
However, there is a level, and this is worse for me, there's a level of stress for each one of the sites where you're thinking, hey, what's going on with this one? And yes, again, I could delegate certain things, but at that point, I've created a job where people are waiting for me to tell them what to do or I have to do like check-in and status meetings all the time. Um, That sounds like my old job. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, especially like, you know, if you play this out again, kind of like the, the last question, if we play this out and it's successful, then potentially I have like a bunch of websites that I have to like mess with all the time. Or instead, like, what if I just keep the few that I like know are working well and then, um, I don't have to do anything else with it. So, so yeah. Technically, you I could claim the two to three year ROI right away. You know, I could get that and then just move on, take the money off the table or reinvest it or whatever. Now, the one thing that you didn't mention in here, Rudy, is if you sell the site. Okay, actually, let's just talk about me specifically, and then I'll talk about how it could be for an individual. Actually, I'll talk about the individual first, since that's probably more interesting to other people. So I'll hit that first. Basically, if you, Rudy, if you did this and you sold the site through a great um, broker like Empire Flippers or FE International, um, you're going to have to pay a broker fee. It could be around 15%. So that's a significant amount. So about 15%, you have to pay the broker. And if you do reinvest in buying another couple sites, that's great. Um, you generally check, check with your accountant and tax professional, but you generally wouldn't have to pay taxes on that if you're, you know, reinvesting into the business. However, if you are taking money off the table and, you know, taking that as income, then, likely you would have to pay taxes probably in the 30 to 40% range is my guess, depending on like where you live and the the tax situation that you're in. So quickly, if you are taking money off the table, um, your profits kind of get eroded. It's still work. I mean, obviously if you're making money and selling stuff and creating value and all that, like you'll come out ahead. But, um, if you reinvest it, then you're good to go. And you literally could, you know, do this situation that you're describing, build up um, a small, you know, sort of portfolio stable of sites that are earning. You could flip the ones that you want to keep some others for cash flow, And then you kind of have the best of both worlds. Um, for me, like I said, I, I kind of, I've tried to manage multiple sites and either I get stressed out, things get neglected. I'm not like super into it. This is interesting, by the way, to do this whole like case study because I'm doing something a little bit different. And, you know, part of it is just like, okay, I have the these set of skills around affiliate marketing. How can I apply it like in slightly different ways and do like interesting things where I'm executing so that I can talk about it to other people, right? People seem to be interested in this stuff. So 
again, it's like taking those skills. So this is interesting, but if I'm just doing like more and more and more and scaling, not as interesting to me. So it's kind of funny. I, I do get obsessed with like uh, internet marketing and like different aspects, keep research, of course, and some aspects of like scaling a business. But in other ways, you know, when you start doing stuff for a while, like everything becomes a job, right? So if you don't, you know, keep it fresh and do other things to keep your interest, um, you could end up creating a job that kind of sucks. And I have, I've started to go down paths like that where I was doing a lot of work, making pretty good money, I would say. Um, but I just didn't like how things were progressing and I didn't enjoy the work I was doing. And I literally had, I created a situation myself that I didn't enjoy. Luckily, it's easy enough to get out of those kind of situations most of the time. In my case, it was. So anyway, I'm just trying to prevent me uh, from getting into a situation, prevent myself from getting into a situation where I'm just like not enjoying the work that I'm doing. So that is the overall, and I'll do a quick summary and recap here. So number one, as far as choosing the site, choosing the niche, I basically just looked at the number of keywords because that is what aligned with my goal. Earn money as quickly as possible in you know, a niche that looks like it has good potential. Almost all of them do. Um, at least the ones uh, for like the done for you sites that I've seen out there. And then the other part is why not flip the site? Just for me, I'd rather have the cash flow. And I, I'm not really, um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I said before, but I'm not against flipping it. Um, But just in general, I'm probably not going to, but maybe I will. And the, you know, for me, it's a little bit different, right? So I talked about how flipping could be for the individual out there. Um, However, I, I'm special, you know, (laughs) I do have a little bit of a platform. So I could probably, you know, number one, reach out to individual investors, which, If you have been around this sort of stuff for a little while and you've networked a little bit, um, you may have noticed there are like individual investment groups. Sometimes it's just like a, like a portfolio manager out there. Sometimes it's like a, a group of friends or family that they have like an investment, um, not a club, but like an investment uh, group and they pull their money together and they're like diversifying. They're getting online properties instead of just like standard things that they had been purchasing just because it's, you know, good RI, maybe higher risk than certain other investments, but it's diversifying like far outside. Like let's say an investment group was buying like apartment buildings buying online properties is going to be like pretty distinctly different than, you know, that market of apartment buildings. Anyway, the point is I potentially could sell it to a private investor. I could sell it to someone in my audience and there's a pretty good likelihood that I could sell the site for more than the 35 times monthly profits. There's a good chance I could sell it for 
a decent amount more than that. And by doing that, I wouldn't have to, you know, deal with the broker fees. That's 15%. So pretty quickly, like the equation changes quite a bit. So if it's making, say, $1,000 a month, if you could sell it for like 30K with a broker, um, then you would have to, you know, pay them. What is that? Uh, three. So you, you got to pay them like 4,500 bucks or something like that. Um, and then if I just sold it directly to a person in my audience, I maybe could sell it for 40,000 and maybe I don't have to pay any broker fees. So at that point, like it changes a lot. I mean, that is something like 40% if I'm doing the math right. Like if you're pulling in, selling it at a broker, um, you're only getting like uh, 20, what is that? 25,500. And then if I can get like 40,000, like that's pretty significant. People could challenge me on the math there. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here. Good chance I did that addition and subtraction wrong. Highly likely. All right. Thanks for the questions, uh, Rudy and potentially, um, Darren, I'm not, again, sorry, I didn't get your name. Really do appreciate it. And if you have questions out there, on the age site case study, please send me a, an email, feedback at doug.show, or you could leave a voicemail. Voicemails are really cool. You know, leave those voicemails. And don't forget, I do other content on this case study on YouTube. So I'm, I'm sort of crossing, um, I'm like cross-referencing some of the same topics, but um, it's a different recording. It's a different session. Sure. I could try to record the audio and the video at the same time. Number one, it gets a little complicated and um, this is easier for me. The other benefit, the byproduct is I'm trying to force you to go to two different places to hear from me. So I'm sorry if that's inconvenient, but I highly recommend that you check about check out the YouTube stuff as well. And everybody have a good day out there. All right wave at someone, smile at someone, do something, you know, positive out there and um, we'll catch you on the next episode. 